What's up, everybody? It's Captain Cook. Welcome back to Spicy Memories, the podcast where we talk about food and life and stuff. I'm doing a solo daddy episode today. I uh, had just released an episode with Miss Ashley Lana. Uh, she came on. Uh, we actually did an Instagram live, which was awesome. And uh, um, we were taking questions from some people in there. That was it was pretty dope. So now I'm doing a solo episode uh, because I haven't actually dove into too much actual food content recently, and it's been kind of upsetting me. So I wanted to do an episode, very quick episode, to just talk about some food trends that have been uh, noticed by, you know, the world uh, in 2022 so far, and things that I've seen even around here, things that have popped up probably for everybody, and wanted to get into it. Um, before we get into the episode, I wanted to remind everybody that you could go to the link in my bio, and you'll find everything associated with me, including this podcast. If you want to buy my sauce and my rub on Etsy, you can get it there. The other show that I'm on, Five Ingredients with Pebs from Peb Talks, uh, that's in there as well. So make sure you check that out. But uh, yeah, I wanted to check in with everybody. How's everybody doing? Everyone's okay? You feeling all right? That's good. That was, that was really good. I um, I want to talk about some food trends that I've been looking up and ones that I've experienced and stuff like that. Um <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's like, uh, it's, it's something that I, I always want to try and cover with the episodes and I never get to do it. And I don't know why I do that. It's just, I, you know, I, I, surprisingly, food is not always the top priority in the Spicy Memories podcast. It's the people that I have on usually and topics and also just generally what's going on. I think, you know, I make predominantly food content, especially with Captain Cook's food, you know, um, but, at the same time, you know, life is life. I mean, even people who are professional cooks, you know, food is not every single millisecond of their life. You know, there's there's a lot of things that make us all humans. So that's always why I'm not not afraid to ever cover whatever topic somebody wants to talk about. So, but today we're going to cover some uh, some food trends that appear on Google, but also things that I've kind of been noticing. Um, the first and foremost one I would say is uh, plant based kind of like, you know, domination that's going on, which I like, look, I, <laughs> my personal feelings of vegans aside, I have, I have like deep down to my core, I really have no problem with vegans. I do have a problem with people that are like militant vegans who are basically, you know, similar to people who are like, you know, in PETA, who basically are telling you that if you use any animal products, then, you know, you're basically a piece of shit. And I, as somebody who is like a chef and who cooks and who appreciates the whole process and, you know, I, I don't see it like that necessarily, but also at the same time, I understand why somebody would get so worked up about that. However, there, there is, it's not just so black and white. I mean, there is like a little gray area. It's not just like, no, you can't do this or that's it. You know, that's like, no, it doesn't work like that. So I think that, you know, especially recently because of the increase in everything and because of the limited availability that we're going to have with, you know, ground beef in the next 10 years, not even 10 years, five years, um, I think that, you know, incorporating some more plant-based diets into people's lives would be a good idea. But, um, I mean, there was this, like, bullshit McDonald's Jack Whitehall commercial where he was talking about being a flexitarian. I don't even know if that's a real thing, flexitarian, but it basically means that you are not strictly a vegan or a vegetarian, but you don't eat meat every single day. And I'm like, as he's saying it in the commercial, I'm like, that, isn't that just like a regular diet? Like, that's that's like how I eat. Then what, what does that, you know? And then he was like, it's like, yeah, it's just a regular diet. I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense. Um, so, but the plant-based domination that I've seen happening is actually kind of cool. McDonald's finally has plant-based options. Those fucking idiots. The reason that 
I think it was so important for all these fast food chains and stuff to start incorporating like Impossible and Beyond Burgers and stuff is because there are situations where like, especially for doing it on that kind of a scale, it's so important. Like the guy, you know, buying a few pounds of ground beef for his family, like that's not what the real problem is. The problem, it's the same thing with like when it comes to like plastic pollution and stuff. Like granted, everybody should do their part as much as you can. However, you know, companies and corporations, like this is where it happens on like a mass scale, right? So like it's ironic because even for companies that say that they're eco-friendly or maybe even companies that produce eco-friendly products, you know, you have to also do a little research and be like, okay, well, they say they produce eco-friendly products, but like when they're producing those eco-friendly products, are they, how much are they actually polluting? Like, what is their carbon footprint? Like that, you know, there's like, there's things that you can look up. So not everything is always so black and white is what I'm trying to say. But however, I think that what we're going to get to eventually, and um, David Chang talks about this a little bit on his newest uh, Hulu show there, um, What You Eat Next, I think it's called, or The Next Thing You Eat, um, which is basically, uh, he sees meat and like ground beef, and like beef specifically, becoming like a like special occasion, almost like weekend type thing, right? And I wouldn't say it's like special occasion weekend type thing, but I mean, my wife and I certainly have cut down the amount of ground beef that we consume. I mean, by a lot, like a lot, <laughs> like, you know, I, we eat it maybe once a month um, just because we eat, you know, we eat chicken and then we'll have, you know, you know, some pork, some nights but then a lot of nights we have vegetarian meals. We'll just have a pasta dish, you know, or, you know, I'll do like a quinoa veggie bowl, stuff like that. A lot of this actually started when my wife got perosmia after she had COVID in 2021 and that uh, damage to her nasal nerve caused this distortion of smells to where all of her favorite foods, including all kinds of meat and cheeses and, you know, peanut butter and banana, like all these things, pretzels, even that she loved uh, garlic, onions, like seasonings, like literally everything smelled like, you know, like sulfur, like sulfuric rotten garbage, basically. So we were kind of forced to incorporate more of a veggie diet and more beans. And I had to get a little creative as far as like making sauces from scratch. So there wasn't as much seasoning, stuff like that. Uh, luckily that went away after eight months. Um, and the reason full circle back to this, the reason that I care about this is because, um, she lived off impossible burgers for a lot for that eight months. I mean, we would go to bear burger and burger King and get a fucking impossible whopper or like go to bear burger and get one of their incredible impossible burgers. And I used to cook Impossible Burgers all the time. I mean, I will say this. Um, I'm more of a fan of Impossible than Beyond. Beyond tastes a little bit too fake for me because that's like strictly vegan. Um, but Impossible Burgers can be really, really good. But I also think it's important for people to recognize that like, you know, they can be really, really good, but you also need to be able to cook them properly. <laughs> so like, you can't really treat it like a burger, like a beef burger, you know? Um when it comes to cooking impossible burgers, and now the reason I wanted to talk about this too is because there are some people who probably are starting to incorporate more plant-based shit into their diet. And um I know how discouraging it can be when you're trying something new like that for the first time and then you go to like cook it and you're like, what the fuck? This is garbage. Like, why did I do this? Like, I'm just going to go murder a cow in the courtyard and just start devouring it. Like, I've been there. Believe me. Um I will say this. You cannot cook an impossible burger like you can cook a regular burger because, you know, beef, you go based off the quality of the beef and you go based off the fact that it is red meat. And so like, you know, you can create an outer crust and keep it, you know, for the most part, you know, pretty medium to medium rare inside. And you could get that good flavor with that. And that's more than fine. 
Um, I wouldn't really suggest that with an impossible burger. You just got to fucking cook them. You got to like sear them. You got to like, you know, I would say just kind of like cook it. And because you're going to be cooking it all the way through, you need to season it like a lot. And, you know, people should be seasoning their burgers as it is. One seasoning that actually helped us a lot was adobo, believe it or not. Adobo on some impossible burger, though. Woo! On like a griddle with some buns. Oof. Or you get some impossible meat and you make a little tiny sliders. You get like some King's Hawaiian, you know what I mean? Some King's Hawaiian rolls. Make some fucking sliders with some impossible meat. Now we're talking. But um, you have to try and cook them with a lot of seasoning and you got to try to cook them a little more thoroughly and try to incorporate other flavors. Like, you know, I can just eat literally a plain burger on a bun with cheese and nothing else. It's dry, but it's fucking delicious because it's literally one of the best tasting things in the world, right? Like a, like a barbecue off the barbecue charcoal, you know, hamburger is amazing cheeseburger, but you can't really do that with an impossible burger because it kind of tastes like garbage. So what I would suggest is when you do cook these plant-based things, whether it's Impossible Beyond or any other brand of, you know, uh, simulate meat, I guess you could say, you seasoning and adding other flavors is very important. You know, make sure that there's a sauce on there. I say you stick with sauce, you stick with texture. Those are the two things that you have to be aware of when you're making a burger in general, not just with, you know, plant-based diets. I mean, like, in general. So if you're cooking a plant-based diet, right, you have to kind of be aware of the, the fact that, like, you know, you're responsible for adding in the other flavors and that similar to the game of golf, uh, if things go wrong, it's your fault. <laughs> I hate, I hate saying it like that, but like, I think a lot of people also dismiss certain ingredients and certain things that they buy at the store right away because they'll cook it like once and then they'll just be like, well, this fucking sucked. That product is bullshit. I'm never buying it again. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, maybe you're the one that sucks. Like not to be mean, but like, it's true. Like maybe you're the one that, you know, needs to come up with a little bit better of a product. Maybe not. I, I don't know. Regardless, if you're cooking like that, right, texture and seasoning. So sauces, texture, seasoning, you know, the the easiest burger sauce in the world, right? Like, this is my go-to burger sauce. You don't have to do this, but this is what I make. Um, pretty much equal parts, uh, ketchup, mustard, and uh, mayo, right? If you've got it, then like a tablespoon of like relish. If not relish, chopped up pickles, either one. Personally, I like the chopped up pickles more because relish sometimes can be a little too sweet for me, even though sometimes you're just like really craving it. You know what I mean? Like I used to love relish on a hot dog when I was a kid. I fucking, I used to devour that shit. Um, but yeah, equal parts of ketchup, mustard, mayo, preferably like spicy brown mustard, you know, not that crappy fucking yellow number seven pan. I don't know what the fuck that shit is. I hate that shit. That yellow, yellow mustard that comes out of that squeeze bottle. No. Golden's good spicy brown, like spicy deli mustard is the best. That or like stone ground mustard. But for this kind of a sauce, stone ground mustard may even be a little too much. So, you know, just equal parts, ketchup, mayo, mustard, and then relish if you have it. And then I usually just do uh, not even that much salt because a lot of those ingredients have salt already, but like some fresh cracked black pepper some garlic powder, and if you've got it, smoked paprika. Smoked paprika is like a fucking game changer, like no tomorrow. So if you've got it, you know, you smoke paprika in like anything. I use it on eggs, burgers, whatever. It's it's the best ingredient. It's the best spice like out there. I think it's fucking amazing. Anyway, um, so, you know, and aside from just, that's just the sauce for these kinds of burgers that you're going to make. And then uh, outside of the sauce, you want to put something that has a little bit of a crunch, right? So like, you know, you want to shred 
some lettuce. You know, if you want to put nutritional lettuce, that's fine. But like iceberg also is good because it basically has no nutritional value. It's not going to like necessarily hurt you, but it basically does like really nothing for your body. So like, um, shred it up because you'll get that nice crunch. If you want something that is actually good for your body, throw on arugula or spinach, you know, give it a little bit of a flavor. That's fine. But if you want something that has a crunch, put on iceberg, shred it up. And then I love putting pickles on burgers. When I, when I go to places and there aren't pickles on burgers, I get angry, like very angry. Like I was even at a place once and they had a blue cheese and mushroom burger and they were with Swiss and there were fucking pickles on there and it was still good. So I don't know. I think, I don't know why people don't put pickles on burgers. It's, it's kind of, kind of beyond me, but regardless, um, I think that, you know, those three things like a sauce, right. And texture and spices, I guess. Yeah. It's a kind of two things, sauces and texture. Those are the main things when cooking with plant-based meats or meat simulates, because you're not going to get the kind of flavor that you've always been used to. And you shouldn't expect that. Right. And I know that's kind of a fucked up thing to say to people is like, stop expecting this to taste good. <laughs> like I hate, I'm not trying to say it like that, but it's true. I mean, you can't expect it to taste like all the things that you grew up loving if you were a meat eater your entire life. Now, if you were used to a plant-based diet since you were young, you probably are not listening to this podcast if you want to know the truth, <laughs> because I've I've never really blended well with vegetarians. Um <laughs> No, uh, it's if if you if you are new to trying to incorporate more plant based stuff, I would suggest getting creative. I would suggest you know seasoning the shit out of things and trying different seasonings. Right, throw something on a burger patty or throw something on one of these like you know uh, the, the just if you get the ground impossible meat that you're going to try to do meatballs with or whatever, you know try different things. You know use extra seasoning, use a little bit of extra cheese, like throw in extra ingredients. There's a lot of stuff you can do. Um, I think that it is important in a way. Because there are ways for like cattle farmers and stuff like that to like, you know, people that raise cattle for, you know, for beef, there are ways for those farms to actually be carbon positive. In fact, there are farms that are carbon carbon positive out there. They were fucking featured on uh, Ugly Delicious, I think. And, you know, (laughs) it's, it's a farm where like, you know, where you rotate the cattle a certain way and that way you're not actually like damaging the ground and you're actually like providing for the, for the, for the soil and you're making it more rich, you're actually, you're being carbon positive. Like you don't have a negative carbon footprint. So like there are ways to do it. However, as I was saying before, these bigger corporations with the mass farming and the way that they just produce this beef on like a fucking crazy scale and distribute it, that's what's causing a lot of the damage. And if they're not going to change that, because why the fuck would they, if they're not forced to, because you know, everyone wants quote unquote capitalism, um, you know, if they're not going to change that, because why the fuck would they if they're making that much money? We need to try and adjust things. Otherwise, we're just going to get to a point where beef is just not available pretty much at some point, And that's going to really suck. So to avoid that, I've been you know saying to people, because I've been doing this, is just try to incorporate a little bit more of plant-based meals. Now, that being said, right, I don't want to be painted as a humanitarian, as an environmentalist. As somebody who is a vegetarian, not even close, I fucking love meat. I order my steaks and my burgers rare, and I do eat them as often as I can. I eat bacon like there's no fucking tomorrow, all right? Like, I love fucking meat. And I, the reason that I am, see, this is what's ironic, is the reason that I have started incorporating more veggie meals into my diet is because I love meat so much. That's what I've been trying to explain to people, is that if we want to try to keep 
all these meats that we love for a long amount of time, we need to try to incorporate a couple more veggie meals so that it's not just not available in 10 fucking years. Because I'll be the first to tell you in 10 years or so, if I can't get beef, I'm going to be fucking pissed. Like more than most people, believe me. So yeah. Anyway, so that's the plant-based domination. You know, that's my thoughts on it as far as if you want to try to incorporate it a little bit, but you're a little bit scared to make recipes, whatever. So uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about too was ghost kitchens, right? So I don't know if anybody here is a, Ever heard of Ghost Kitchen's great name for a fucking band, by the way, Ghost Kitchen. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to write that one down. Anyway, um, so if you look it up online on Wikipedia, it says that a ghost kitchen is a professional food preparation and cooking facility set up for the preparation of delivery meals only. Some ghost kitchens have allowed takeout meals or included drive throughs They do not include a storefront or indoor seating for their customers. Uh, this became a huge trend in the past year or two. And especially even around here, I mean, I live in northern Westchester County, New York, and it's not always the best around here as far as like Uber Eats and like the and like uh, DoorDash and stuff because some restaurants just don't deliver around here. And even around here, there's a mass amount of ghost kitchens. It's just because like it's it's easier than having to build out a brick and mortar and set up in a commissary kitchen and just set it up as delivery or as pickup only or whatever. You know, it's a lot easier to do that. Um, and it's cheaper because you're just renting the space for the kitchen, basically. And it's usually within another professional kitchen already. I mean, there's a couple places around here that are operating restaurants that also have ghost kitchens inside of them, which, you know, I guess is legal. Um, my thoughts on it, like, I don't know if it's damaging to the restaurant industry. It's It's hard to say because, like, the whole dynamic of dining out has completely changed, right? And I'm not a restaurant owner. I'm actually hoping to have a restaurant owner... Uh, on here soon. Um, somebody who owns, I don't want to give out her name yet, <laughs> um, just in case I can't get her on, but I've been wanting to sit down and talk to um, somebody who owns a local restaurant over in uh, Terrytown, New York. And I am curious because like the sit down restaurant eat in, you know, aside from COVID aside, right? Like outside of the pandemic, the restaurant industry was changing even before then, you know, even in 2018, 19. So now, especially it's very, very different. You know, I mean, I can tell you just from experience from my wife and I, it's very different. Like we don't go out like we used to. And when we do go out, it's a lot different. Like it's, it's very, it's very, very different. So I don't know if ghost kitchens are good or bad. I'm sure for like the they it's easier for somebody to be like, oh, this is right here and I could just go pick it up. That's great. You know, whatever. But I don't know about how people are going to react when they don't have the option to go and sit down. Like, I feel like some people will think it's a little bit sketchy maybe at first, but I mean, there's nothing to be worried about. It's just, it's a ghost kitchen. They basically want to give people food. They're just doing it as delivery only, which I'm sure is a little unsettling for some people. Cause it's like a weird concept, especially if you're, you know, over the age of like, you know, 50, you're probably like, what the fuck is this like that? Yeah, I, I get that. But you know, it's just a different setup and I get the benefits of it. I also get why it could be a little bit off-putting to people who are in the restaurant industry, like with a brick and mortar, you know, cause it's just, it's just, it's just another incentive for people not to go and sit down at a restaurant. If you want to just get down to it, I mean, that's really what it is, is that it's really just a yet another incentive to not go and sit down at a restaurant. I'm not saying whether that's good or bad. I mean, it's bad because I love, I, and I, for years, I loved going to restaurants and I love how people in the hospitality industry, especially and like the people in the food service industry, like they, like there's people in these industries that work harder than anybody else in the fucking world. 
and the amount of hours that you have to put in, the amount of training that goes into it with little recognition. Like, do you know what it's like to actually have to be a line cook? Like, line cooks do not get paid a lot of money. Look up what the average salary for a line cook is in the US, right? But then look up all the skills that are learned for that amount of money. It's fucking crazy. Like, a line cook is not somebody who's just washing dishes. Line cooks are on their feet sometimes 12 plus hours a day. All right, they're fucking slinging food out like nobody's business. They have a station that they're locked into, right? And they need to be able to jump around on the line sometimes and have to go from one to another. Like, you know, um, Hannah Le Souza, she was on my show. She's uh, Lady Line Cook on Instagram. And, you know, we talked about this. It takes a lot. It doesn't matter if you, it doesn't matter what gender you are. It doesn't matter how old you are or whatever. It doesn't matter where you come from in the country, your background, anything like that. It really does not matter. What matters is are you physically able as a human to keep up on the line? That's literally all that matters. Like I can comfortably say, and I've said this to people multiple times, I am 90% sure, maybe 80%, 85% sure that I would not survive long-term on a line. I know that I would be able to do it at first, and I know that I could keep my head above water, but would I be able to do it well? Would I be able to do it to the point where I would be like flourishing? No. Not even a little bit. I don't think so, at least not for a long amount of time. So when you see people who are able to do that, you gain this respect for people that work in kitchens, not just as a head chefs, because, you know, the head chefs basically are more like the masters of the ship. You know what I mean? Like, especially with the, you know, the brigade system that's set up in the kitchens, but it's more like they are the master of operations. They're trying to make sure that all the wheels are turning in the seven different parts, you know, all that shit. Line cooks and people like that, they are the backbone of that industry. And when the amount that it takes just to prepare a nice dish to bring out to somebody sitting down at a place with a tablecloth, like there's so much that goes into it that I obviously will always have love and respect for sit down restaurants, any kind of restaurants, you know, from, you know, beautiful, expensive Southern, uh, Southern, or, uh expensive Italian restaurants like, you know, Marea in the city or you know, a fucking burger joint anywhere that brings your food out on a goddamn, you know, uh, <laughs> like a galvanized fucking, like stainless steel uh, sheet pan, like, you know, whatever, like I, I, it doesn't matter. The point is there's always something that goes into it. So I've gained a lot of respect for the industry. Um, I can understand why ghost kitchens could maybe uh, put like a damper on that a little bit. Like it's more of an incentive, especially with the pandemic for people to be like, uh, why the fuck would I go and spend extra money and tip more than I have to whatever, when I could literally just go pick up my food or have it delivered. And I, after you, after the pandemic, I hate saying it, especially as somebody who now works in the food industry, but like, why the fuck wouldn't you think like that? Obviously, that's true. You know, my God, like, especially nowadays, right? Like, I've got a pregnant wife and I work a full time job that is not in the food industry and I do food industry stuff outside of my full time job, which is almost every night and the weekends. So I understand what it's like to be like, mm, fuck that. I'm taking the easier option. Like, that is totally understandable. So, I get why people do it, but at the same token, I work in the food industry. I know these people, and I know the blood, sweat, and tears of what goes in to making just one single dish come out on time and tasting beautifully. So it's 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 very kind of complex and conjugated a little bit. It's very, you know, I just, there's a lot of different angles to it, but I don't think ghost kitchens are necessarily a bad thing. I think that they're just seen at a different perspective from a lot of different people. You know, I mean, people who aren't in the food industry, why wouldn't they? think that ghost kitchens are an amazing thing, right? You're getting restaurant quality food from a commercial kitchen. It's not some fucking back backyard fucking stand and it's being either delivered or you can pick it up and it's convenient usually like, you know, and it's not from some random, you know, it's, 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 there's a lot of reasons why it would be good. 
I don't know. I think it's just, it's new and it's something that people are still kind of evaluating a little bit to see if long term it's going to have any actual goals. But I, who the fuck knows? I mean, honestly, we, none of us really know. None of us know, even though we, even though we, uh, you know, continue to try. The last thing that I wanted to touch upon was eco friendly and like sustainable takeout and packaging. Um, I don't understand why, uh, places especially like burger places and stuff are still giving out giant plastic containers with their food like i get that the plastic ones are cheaper to buy but i mean come on this is like, it's like it's 2022 enough of this like especially when you buy it in mass amounts like that it's just not fucking it's not eco-friendly it's not worth it like i expect when i go to burger joints now i expect to get like a paper or a cardboard box with the burger and the fries and if i don't i get kind of annoyed so, and it doesn't change the heat. It doesn't change the taste of the food. Like, yeah, okay. The metal diner containers that are like the aluminum on the bottom with the plastic cover, you know, that go around in a circle. Yes, those will technically keep your food hotter for a longer amount of time. It's not going to make them any less soggy though. So what the fuck does it matter? Like, that's what, like, if you're going to pick up food anyway, you have to understand that the food is probably going to be soggy if it's been in a closed container and it was radiating heat. You know why? Because the heat gets trapped and that heat turns into moisture. So oh, that's why. Jesus, fuck. Like, I, like, that's why when people try to make bullshit excuses like that, I'm like, you don't hate that. You hate, like, your food is fucking soggy anyway. What the fuck do you care? Even recently, we ate, my father and I ate at this place right near my apartment here. And uh, it's, we, my wife and I have ordered from this place for, for a year and a half. It's great. And we've always ordered the, the fried pickles, but we've never gone and sat down because one, it's always been crazy busy. And two, the front seating at this place, I don't want to say the name, but like the front seating of this place is kind of on like a main, like state road. So when you're eating your burger, you're like kind of like nine feet away from like cars going 65. So it's not that amazing as far as like the ambiance. But I found out recently they had a back patio. So after a game of golf, my father and I went there and we ate. And I ordered those fried pickles that we've been ordering for a year and a half. But I got them in the restaurant for the first time. And let me tell you, the crispiness, she, that shit was fucking crazy. I never want to order them home ever again. And I want to just go there and get them. I'll just order them there and then open it in front of the fucking door and just eat it on the sidewalk. I don't give a shit. So, yeah. That, you know, I expect if I order stuff like that from a place like that, that it's going to be a little bit soggy. But that's the trade-off that you get when you get food delivered for the convenience. You're not getting the quality of when it comes out to, to be served to you right away. I mean, that's the, you have to understand that. So when people really complain about it, there are instances where the takeout meal is just fucking garbage, right? Like in December when I had quarantine, um, it was our anniversary because I was in quarantine for our anniversary. So that's nice. And I was on FaceTime. My wife had gotten us uh, Mexican food. And there's this place around us here. And I got it. And it, it wasn't just because it was in like a styrofoam container or whatever. It got super soggy. It wasn't just that. It was just a fucking mess. It was this mush mash fucking horrible shit all thrown together. And we still have, we haven't even ordered from the place since. And I don't know if that was because of transport or like whatever. But like, you know, what are you going to do if you complain about that? You know, they're going to be like, well, you know, it's, you know, it's, this is fucking takeout. I don't know what you want from us. Like, that's literally what they're going to say, probably. So, I mean, maybe not exactly like that. That's what I would say. I would be like, well, what do you expect? Like, my God, it was a, a hot dish that we scooped out of the fucking pan directly and put into a goddamn plastic or styrofoam container and closed it so that it didn't stay at all crispy and just got mushy. Like, you know, so I don't know. These are just things that, that people kind of need to think about. But, Regardless of any argument people may make, uh, enough with the plastic containers. You know what I mean? Like I, as it's, 
now that I work in the food industry, I see the amount of like waste and it fucking kills me. Like the, I love court containers so much. Like, you know, like the tall, like, you know, kind of, they call them, you know, the, the, um, you know, the, the, um, uh, the Chinese soup containers, you know, that people call them the, the big ones, you know, the court size. I love those, especially in a kitchen. They are fucking vital. However, there are a lot of them and people do not reuse them as they should and they just throw them out. That is not okay. Cork containers are plastic. Most of them now, if you get the kitchen quality ones, are BPA free. You should be reusing those, washing the shit out of them and reusing them, reusing them for years. See, that's the issue, I think, with the plastic that nobody fully understands is like nobody reuses it the way that they're supposed to. People will buy plastic containers just to throw them the fuck out. Or there's people that like buy aluminum to bake their dinner with instead of having to do dishes. You know, they'll buy like the little aluminum, like, you know, catering trays instead of having to do dishes. They'll just throw them out at the end of the night. I've never fucking understood that. That's not economical. It costs you more money. Just buy one fucking dish. Buy some baking dishes that you could just wash. My God. And don't tell me it's because you don't have a dishwasher. I don't have a dishwasher. I've been living without a dishwasher literally since 2017 because neither of our apartments have had one. So what the fuck? And I literally run a cooking page and cook like crazy. I cooked a fucking brunch for like four people yesterday in this little tiny kitchen in my apartment that had like five dishes. Like, don't give me that shit. Okay. Sorry to get a little annoyed. I don't mean to yell at people, but like, come on. There's certain things that you just can't use as an excuse anymore. So anyway, I wanted to keep this episode short. And now that I've successfully yelled and probably offended multiple people, um, just wanted to keep you guys updated. I recently did a farmer's market in Piermont, New York. I'm probably going to be doing a few more farmer's markets. I'll be reaching out to some more people this week. I will keep you all updated on where I'm going to be. So if you're in the area and you want to come by and say hi, you're more than welcome to. Uh, and then that'd be nice if I did a whole show like that, wouldn't it? It's like, hi, welcome to Spicy Memories. My name is Captain Cook. I'll be your guided tour on this wonderful viewing of food speculation. That would be great. Fuck, no. I really want to do that. Anyway, sorry. Uh, so I will keep you guys updated on where I'm going to be as far as markets. If you want to click the link in my bio, you can listen to the rest of this show, Spicy Memories. You can listen to my other podcast, which you could find on Google and Apple and Spotify and YouTube. It's called Five Ingredients Podcast, the number five ingredients podcast. I host it with Pebs from Peb Talks. Um, Alyssa, a.k.a. Pebs, is one of my favorite people of all time. She is a morning radio DJ in Eastern Connecticut. Uh, she is also a local event, live event host. Uh, she is, she's, she's amazing. And her podcast is fucking great. And when she and I were talking about working together, I was getting so excited. And now that we actually have a show together, I'm even more excited. So, um, check out that show, Five Ingredients. Uh, I hope you caught up on my last episode, which was with Ashley Lana from Lullaby the Fear podcast, where we talk about podcasting and what it's like for us, people who didn't have podcasts that just started one. Um, and yeah, so catch up on the rest of the shows. If you guys want to send me any messages, any recipes you want me to make, anything you want me to try, anything insane you want me to do before I have a child in October, before I can still risk my life and stuff, you let me know. <laughs> but aside from that, uh, I hope you guys have a lovely, lovely, lovely week and stay classy, stay spicy. I'll see you all soon.